It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 580 WCHS, its employees, or WVRC Media. With the power of Peyton on your side, we have the courtroom experience that you need. We never give up. We're prepared to fight for your rights. When you need action, count on us. It's 821, and this is Thursday morning, and that means Harvey Payton is here on 580 WCHS, the voice of Charleston, and he is the embodiment of the power of Payton, and he's here. Harvey Payton, give us a call, 304-345-5858, that means any questions about the law, Harvey is here to field your questions, 304-345-5858. Harvey, good morning. Well, good morning, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here, certainly uh, in this approaching, rapidly approaching Christmas holiday season. Yes. Uh, you know, the power of Peyton appears to be, uh, well, it, it demonstrates the strength of the Internet. And I, I've noticed, and maybe it's just me, my wife and I were sitting around one day, probably 60 days ago, and I said something about, well, I think I'm going to, I need a new belt, hmm. you know, a little wider belt. To go. Well, within like 30 minutes, I'm getting pop-ups on my phone from a belt. Can they hear me? I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I know. So I know. now I get on my telephone or computer pop-ups for these baseball caps. <laughs> which say, put the power of Peyton on your side. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how did this? Now, now, they have other caps with the name Peyton on them that say other things. Yeah. But I'm thinking, do they just troll your entire life to find uh, some some commonality so that you can get pop-up ads? And, lo- and woe beyond the person, woe beyond you if you make a simple Internet search. 
for almost anything. I had to do a search yesterday about uh, a claims adjusting service up in Pennsylvania. It was for a case we're involved in. It's a case that involves a FEMA mm-hmm. uh, flood insurance claim. And there is a company in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, near Philly, uh, that has a contract with FEMA. They have they hire local agents, but they you know they get a call about a flood loss claim, and so they they adjust them really promptly. This I mean this adjusting fellow was at the scene three days after the flood. Uh, so, but I you know I see their name in a, re, in a letter from FEMA to the insured, and so I Google them, and so <laughs> I get like pop ups about uh, insurance adjusting adjusters in West Virginia insurance claims about lawyers who can help you with a claim that can't be adjusted. It's it's relentless. And, uh, of course, I don't know what TikTok is, except I have a sense that it's a bad thing. I have never done an Instagram, nor a tweet. I refuse to engage in something called a tweet. Uh, although it's a good way to find out who's in and out of the transfer portal. Apparently every football player created by the hand of man uh, now has a... A Twitter account. Twitter. I mean, if we come to the think of that. Here we are in the nearing the fir- end of the first quarter of the 21st century, and we are as a nation talking about Twitters and tweets on the 82nd anniversary, 81st anniversary of you know, Pearl Harbor, That's right. where the nation rose up as one in righteous wrath and defeated the Axis powers and launched us on 30 years of peace and pros- well, relative peace. Uh, for, and prosperity and a sense of solidarity. And we're talking about Twitter tweets and TikTok. Yeah. Man, oh man. The, the transfer portal, all these messages that these play, that the players put on the transfer portal, you'll see it. And, uh, and there's always these four words near the end. And with that being said. Yeah, thank, <laughs> I want to thank this Mountaineer Nation for the kindness I've been shown and the wonderful fans. I'll never forget you. Having said that, that sort of <laughs> reminds me of uh, we had a great judge here in Kanawha County, Pat Casey. I've spoken about Judge Casey before. Casey was a, he spent his whole career in public service. He was an assistant prosecuting attorney down there in Charlie Walker's office. When they had him and Jim McIntyre and Leo Katsonis and a whole group of really good lawyers in the prosecutor's office, then Judge Casey stepped up and was elected prosecutor. I actually tried some of the uh, Wally Barron era state house corruption cases down here in, in what was in the intermediate court of Kanawha County, Judge Wood's courtroom. And then he's the reason we have uh, – this is a complete aside – what we were speaking of, but he's the reason we have seven judges in Kanawha County. He ran for the uh, Judge Woods position the same year the judicial, uh, well, he'd been appointed to take Judge Woods' place, and he ran, ran for election to the office the same year the Judicial Reform Amendment was on the ballot, which said all judges who are sitting at the time this amendment is adopted will be extended until, well, so he lost. There were only six judgeships, and he lost. But then he went to the Supreme Court and said, well, wait a minute. This amendment was adopted, and it said everybody who's sitting gets their term extended. So even though I lost the election, at the general election, when the amendment was approved, it took effect immediately, and so my term was extended, and the court bought it. <laughs> and that's how we got seven judges in Kanawha County. But 
Pete Brown, who, well, Charlie King was the prosecuting attorney that I, that I was most familiar with. He came in after, uh, well, Larry Winter, I think, came in after uh, Mike Rourke, but then Charlie King, and he had Pete Brown, who was legendary in the prosecutor's office. It's the best assistant prosecutor. All he did was try cases. Pete tried more murder cases, I think, than anybody on the face of the earth in West Virginia. One time he said, I've got more people serving life without mercy in Moundsville than any other prosecutor in the state. And Pete laughed about it. He was proud of it. He was about half mean. Well, so we would try cases. And he said, uh, the worst thing you can hear from Pat Casey is, I want to tell you, you're a wonderful lawyer. And he would look at your clients, you know, if I'm ever in trouble... I would hire Harvey Payton to represent me. You have done a wonderful job, Mr. Payton, and your arguments are great. That being said, <laughs> and it's only the transfer report, let's see. That being said, I'm ruling against you. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's the way it is. I want to thank Mountaineer Nation. But does that, I mean, I, there is no going back. I mean, the genie is out of the bottle with right. social media. And so to try and look back to the days when there was greater civility, it's not going to happen. I mean, I think there's always been, there have always been in, in human nature, the courage that comes with anonymity. When you can vent about your fellow man without necessarily identifying yourself or being close to the subject of your criticism, it's easy to do, and it often happens, and that's what happens on social media. I'm I'm convinced that a significant minority of the Facebook accounts that you see posting social criticisms of the government and other things are just, they're either bots, B-O-T-S, or just someone who sits around like the person did yesterday who filed false shooter reports right. I gave a name which was a phony name and right. but you know it's a free country and you do have uh, free speech if you don't cross the line to inciting insurrection or inciting violence or uh, spreading uh, truly false and malicious information about another person you have a right to have your opinion you have a right to express it so um saying that we can't go back, I mean, I'm nearing the end of my career, which, and I hate to say it, it suits me because I don't know that I could adjust to the paradigm of uh, now everybody wants to look at everyone's Facebook account. Everyone wants to look at everyone's uh, texts and chats and Twitter feeds and every lawsuit that you file, and people spend hours fighting about that in front of a judge, which, you know, that's what we've... uh, that's what we've come to. We'll, uh, you know, I don't know where it's going to stop. Uh, you know, we, today, uh, well, you know, enough said. I mean, last week we had some of these uh, tweets and twits and uh, news. People form their own news service and they just say outrageous things, often because they want it, want attention. Mm-hmm. You know. Which is one thing, I mean, I wonder in my mind, I'm, I do not know, obviously do not know, the uh, young lady who is a graphic designer of some sort in Colorado, who is the plaintiff in the case that the Supreme Court heard this week about free speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, she purports to be a graphic designer of some renown, although apparently has not started her business, has not launched 
her business, but she is in Colorado where uh, a person is protected from discrimination by state law that uh, classifies uh, lesbian, gay, transgender, homosexual individuals. They are, that's a protected class from discrimination on that purpose. And now that's a matter of state law. That's not a United States constitutional right. In West Virginia, that right doesn't exist. We don't have statutory protections for sexual preference. But she filed what's essentially a declaratory judgment saying, well, I haven't started my business yet, and I haven't been confronted with a gay couple who might want to design a wedding website. Uh, But just in case I ever do, I want to know if I may break the law. Um, I understand that Clarence Justice Thomas' first question to the lawyers was, well, why is this case ripe, even ripe for our decision? And my answer is, well, Justice Thomas, if you felt that way, why did you take the case? You didn't have to take it. But the case, you know, it was, it's not a religious case. It's not a free exercise case. It's not a case where, I mean, if the listeners I haven't followed it, I mean, it, it's, it's fairly notorious this week it's uh, you know to what extent can the state protect individuals from discrimination under state law or you know which creates protected classes if that bumps up another person's expression uh, speech not religion but I don't want to say that. I mean, if I'm a lawyer. Somebody comes to my – I mean, I get this all the time. People will come in and say, I'd like you to write a letter. Here's what's happened. And they'll get a set of facts. Could you – I can't seem to get my point across. Would you help me write a letter to so-and-so? Mm-hmm. Well, most – a lot of the times I want to say, look, here, if you've tried all this, this, and this, what you pay me to write a letter is a waste because they're not going to respond. But – Oftentimes it does work. Well, if so, and I get paid for my ability to express myself or express other people's thoughts in a manner that's cogent and understandable and often forceful and supported by precedent. Uh, If, you know, in, in West Virginia, uh, National origin, religion are protected, but let's assume that a Taliban acolyte came to my office and wanted me to write a letter to the city of Nitro about the inability to parade and demonstrate banners on the appropriateness of beating women who appear in public without a hijab, hajib, a scarf. Well, I say, no, I'm going to do that. That's contrary to my firm uh, belief that uh, the equality of the sexes is, right. well, I mean, I'm in the business of expression. That's that's the key to this case out of Colorado, not the, the fact that the woman, it's always mentioned she, she professes to be an evangelical Christian. Well, she could be a Taliban, she could be a Buddhist, she could be a Hindu. I mean, that's not the relevant issue. The relevant issue is that she is engaged in expression that is her product right now 
Elena K- Justice Elena Kagan started the question and say, well, whose speech is it? If someone comes to you to design a website, but it's their wedding and their thoughts, their, they've agreed upon their vows and they've agreed upon a prayer and they want that in the website, I don't think much of that argument, honestly. I, I thought about it, I'd heard about it, but if you are an artist, can you be required to draw a poster uh, that exhibits something that you say, look, I'm not going to espouse that. I have the right not to say that. Just the fact that I'm in business saying it generally for others. But I'm, now, where do you draw the line? I mean, people say, well, what about selling sandwiches to a black person at a lunch counter? Completely different. Completely different. I mean, we're not talking about sandwiches. We're not talking about apartments. We're not talking about hotel rooms or fronts or back of buses. We're talking about people who engage in expression as their business. Mm-hmm. So I look. I mean, I look forward to the decision. I want to see what the court has to say. They really need to set down some parameters because um, it is a contentious issue in the United States. And until we know what the rules are, once you know what the rules are, I think the uh, it just leaves it to argument over the dinner table or Twitter or TikTok or Facebook or wherever. So we'll find out. I mean, the biggest, the most important case is the one that's being argued today. The most important case, I think, from the standpoint of uh, the American Republic, the United States Supreme Court is hearing a case out of North Carolina where the theory is put forward that when the Constitution says that the election shall be governed by the legislature, that means the legislature has free of each state has free and uninhibited reign to do whatever they want, regardless of what the state constitution says, regardless of what the elected officials of the state say, uh, no matter what the, the Secretary of State says, no matter what county commissions say about certified results, the legislature has control over federal elections, presidential elections, and the select spot, that would be a huge step to take. And it would completely disregard the fact that legislatures are the creatures of the state in which they exist, (laughs) which exists within the framework of a constitution. I mean, the Constitution of West Virginia does not have to have a legislature. We could have another form of government. It's not mandated Mm -hmm. in the Constitution. We could have a unicameral legislature with just one house. We could have a legislature that, I mean, the governor is the pro tem president of the Senate. So, I mean, it, I don't see how that argument, although it certainly is appealing to some folks who now, well, it would be appealing in West Virginia because uh, the Republican Party has a supermajority and at least 30% of them, as we can see in the vote for Speaker of the House, aren't really much for democracy in action. Um, but that would just, to me, that's just a dangerous upsetting of the, of the way the nation has developed and elections have been overseen. And it's a literalist, very narrow, self-serving interpretation of a single word. Uh, I think there'll be a couple of justices who go for it. Thomas will go for it. Alito probably. Maybe Gorsuch. They're the worst up there right now. But we'll see. I mean, it's a... We won't know until it's decided next spring, but it will be decided in time for the uh, 2024 election. We're going to take a break. Harvey Payton's with us of the Payton Law Firm in Nitro, and the lines are open 304-345-5858. 
304-345-5850. Any question about the law, we'll take your calls when we come back here on 580 WCHS. Hi, I'm Emma Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer and three-time champion. Trust me, I know about joint pain. Pro Football's all-time leading rusher, Emmett Smith, talks about chronic joint pain and exciting new regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. I know what it's like to fight through pain, but now you and I, we have help. QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in advanced all-natural regenerative medicine that can give you lasting relief with no drugs, no downtime, and no surgery. Do you suffer with constant pain from arthritis or injury, pain in your knees, hips, shoulders, or lower back? Don't assume steroids, pain meds, and surgery are your only options. Regenerative, restorative, natural solutions are now available. Don't let your joint pain keep you from doing the things you love. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation and learn how regenerative medicine can repair and restore damaged joint tissue. Make the call to QC Kinetics. Tell them Emmett Smith sent you. Call QC Kinetics, 304-202-5566. That's 304-202-5566. 304-202-5566. This is John Young at Horizon Financial Solutions. Are your values reflected in your investments? At Horizon Financial, we believe that investing has the potential to be a tool for the good of our society. This understanding drives us to be diligent and thoughtful as we invest on behalf of our clients seeking performance and a better world. Give us a call at 304-760-8715. Horizon Financial Solutions, where we seek to honor God. Securities and investment advice offered through GA Reveling Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Put the power of Peyton on your side. We have the courtroom experience that you need. We never give up. We're prepared to fight for your rights. When you need action, count on us. Put the power of Peyton on your side. The power of Peyton. Eight forty-one on five eighty WCHS. The voice of Charleston, Jeff Jenkins, and Harvey Peyton of the Peyton Law Firm in Nitro three zero four. 345-5850, judicial news here. The, the the 12-member jury will return in about 20 minutes uh, down to well, the judicial will. annex, and we've got a, a quadruple murder trial that they've been hearing this week. No, it's a quadruple homicide. Yeah, quadruple but, homicide, yes. Yeah, homicide is the killing of one human being by another. Yeah. So they're all homicides, right. whether it's murder or manslaughter or or justifiable, or undertaken without malice, or is all to be determined by the jury. That's the ultimate issue. You know, the twi- the little twist in this case is you've got a juvenile. Now he's an adult now. The, the defendant's eighteen years old, but he was sixteen years old at the uh, time the uh, homicides occurred, of which he is accused of murder. Uh, he admits, apparently, he does not contest the uh, killing, the homicide, but contests the elements that would make it a murder and whether it would be a murder in the second degree, which is a uh, punishable by less than life in prison, or murder in the first degree, which is punishable by life in prison. Now, there was a case decided in the early 2000s, I think it was about 2005, Graham v. Florida, that went to the United States Supreme Court, the issue being could a person, regardless of their age at the time of conviction, be uh, sentenced to death 
in a for a criminal offense that was committed while they were under the age of 18, while they were a juvenile. Now, the Supreme Court said no, and based upon a lot of studies about the functioning of the adolescent mind, uh, it was determined that the imposition of the death penalty. So if this quadruple homicide had occurred in a state where the death, say across the river in Ohio, or across the mountains in Virginia, where the death penalty is on the table, it would not be on the table for this defendant because he was 16 years of age, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of any heinous nature of the crime, we don't, which we don't know, I don't know here because I didn't hear the evidence. Uh, it does not, however, prevent the state from imposing what is, in West Virginia, is the ultimate sentence. Our functional equivalent of the death penalty is a person uh, is convicted of first-degree murder. The jury does not recommend mercy. And the court then has no discretion but to sentence that person to life in prison without the possibility of parole, which means just what it says. Uh, and the public shouldn't be deceived about that. Folks say, well, yeah, but they always get out. No, no. There are any number of people every year who simply die mm-hmm. in the old folks uh, section of uh, either Mount Olive or some minimum or medium security facility here in West Virginia who've been there for 60 years or 50 years or uh, or long, perhaps not that long, many of them that long. They're simply, unless the governor commutes their sentence to life with mercy, they simply never are released. And uh, that's available for juveniles. The Supreme Court specifically said, even though that in some states that may be the ultimate penalty, and it is in most states now, only a minority of the states in this country have the death penalty, that that is appropriate, but only in homicide cases. You know, there are certain degrees of kidnapping in West Virginia, uh, you could be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, and in other states, that's true, uh, there are certain degrees of robbery. Uh, there are certain degrees of uh, sexual offense. But the Supreme Court, at the same time they took the death penalty off the table for juveniles, took every other offense other than homicide off the table for life forever in prison. Regardless, it will be interesting to see what happens here. You know, this station has had excellent coverage. Uh, there was coverage of a young woman who was apparently in some sort of internet communication with this alleged killer uh, who's in prison for being an accessory after the fact. And my reading of the account of her testimony led me to believe she must have had a heck of a lawyer because. <laughs> She got a heck of a deal, based on her testimony at the trial. We'll see. You know that that's a big homicide case that made a splash today. And then you got the Whitey Bulger case, the fellow who was murdered up at Hazelton in uh, Preston County. It happens. You know when the word got out, with the report that Hoppy spoke about in his commentary today, when mm-hmm. the word got out, uh, I mean Bulger had been an FBI informant. He's going to a place like Hazleton where they've got a lot of long-term prisoners up there. Uh, a couple of them were actually thugs who'd been connected to organized crime up in Jersey and upstate Pennsylvania, and those are the two that killed him. Put a put a uh, padlock in a sock. That's the commonest way they do it. You get a can of pop, pop in a sock. You've heard of that one, and swing it, and that's what happened. Mm. 
horrible thing, but they're, they're going to be tried and convicted. I the, let's go to the line, uh, 847. Jerry is on the line with Harvey. Jerry, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hello, Good Jerry. Good morning, Harvey. I think I've brought this up in the past, but when, when you're talking about the death penalty, I always uh, think of Harold Douglas Ganot. And I was a part of, of that trial. And, of course, uh, they, they caught the guy he, after he murdered a woman in Winfield. Uh, it's a long story. I won't go into it. You know it in detail. Oh, I know it in detail, for sure. I, mean, I, know who, I know who he killed. I know where he killed her. I know who prosecuted him. Okay, so... <laughs> I know what happened have, after they turned him loose. Right. They had the evidence. They even have a confession. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting in the, uh, in the, uh, in the room there when they, uh, you know, announced, uh, life without mercy. The next thing I know, I'm on my job, um, a year or so later, maybe it wasn't that long because I've lost track of time, and here's Harold Douglas Cano walking up to me, uh, he's all upset about something, he didn't know who I was. And when I got back uh, to my work uh, station, I called work release. I said, do you have this guy on work release? And they said, yeah. I said, how is that even possible? He got uh, life without mercy. Well, we found out, of course, that he was turned loose on a technicality of the law. I mean, they had him left to right, but his lawyer was shrewd and got him out. Next thing you know, he murders a second woman right here in Charleston. They did. Now, the the thing that I don't understand is when you've got an absolute ironclad case of murder against someone, is it right on a technicality to let that person out again? You see, that's the bad part of the law to me, and I'll I'll, I'll get off here and let you take over. Thanks. Thanks, Jerry. Well, it depends (laughs) on the definition of technicality if the technicality is a violation of a fundamental constitutional right like a sixth amendment right to have counsel uh during the stages of the proceeding uh fifth amendment right against self-incrimination a fourth amendment right to be warned about your constitutional rights to have due process uh i mean the right those those are fundamentally enumerated rights and if they're violated and a court determines that uh, a fundamental right was violated as a part of a person's conviction, then the conviction might be set aside. Then if it's, uh, you know, if, it's, if a confession is uh, taken without uh, the appropriate uh, safeguards, it can't be used, and so a person may go back and you get the best you can out of them, which could be maybe in the, that case, a second-degree murder and uh, credit for time, and a person ends up in, uh, you know, in a work release. I didn't, honestly, after, I mean, I knew the woman that Gano killed in Putnam County. I knew how he killed her, where he killed her. He was a skunk and a scoundrel. I knew that Hoppy Spaulding prosecuted him. I wasn't a part of the case. I mean, I wasn't one of the lawyers involved in the case. Uh, I didn't follow his appeal. I know that... Uh, Judge Spaulding, after he was the prosecutor, Hoppy became the, uh, or Hobby became the uh, circuit one of the circuit judges, and he ran into Gano at the town center, and said, "You know what's going on here? I sent this guy to prison for the rest of his life," and uh, and said, "You know, I, this guy's going to kill somebody else," and lo and behold, he did. <laughs> 
another woman here in Charleston, a, a, a good person. So, but you know, things happen. But you know, that was an extraordinary circumstance. And you know, the law is meant to protect everybody. It protects all of us. The, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the fundamental enumerated rights protect us all. Now, they come into play when somebody's in trouble. And so you see people who are in trouble seeking uh, refuge under the rights. Well, that's what they're written for. They're written for people who are accused. They're written to protect us from the state. So, you know, it's... It, it's not a, now a technicality in my mind is if you've got to keep somebody who uh, the three-term rule expires, which is purely a statutory requirement that doesn't involve fundamental rights. It involves maybe a clerk makes a mistake and puts an indictment over to a following term, and a case ends up being dismissed with prejudice. I mean, those things are just the result of overwork or incompetence or whatever. But it's not a it's not a technicality if a person has a conviction set aside or modified because a fundamental right to counsel, which I believe was the case in Gano's case about his confession, is uh, found to have been violated. Eight fifty two three zero four three four five fifty eight fifty. Harvey Payton's with us in a couple minutes. Harvey, I, I wanted to ask. I don't know if you looked at this discussion that was at the legislature this week about. Uh, exclusions when it comes to married couples, and there was a there there was a discussion there about West Virginia is one of the states I think that well I, I don't want to get into it if I don't I, I want to term it right but I guess West Virginia is one of the exclusion states uh, with some marriage language and well the the discussion was whether the the fact of marriage the instant the fact that a marriage state exists between two people trumps uh, sexual intrusion or sexual contact or sexual intercourse by forcible compulsion. Can one rape a spouse? Can a woman drug her husband and engage in some sort of sexual conduct with her husband while he can't consent, which would be forced compulsion, um, I'm not sure why it was brought. I mean, there's a national, as so often happens, there is a national group which has an interest in doing away with the marital exclusion. Now, West, in West Virginia, there is not a complete exclusion. Right, right, that's true. Right. I mean, there may be at a lower level of offense, you know. Remember the big hubbub that took place? It was a hubbub to me because I like to play golf, and I was, was a guy named Jason Duffner, who's a boy from Alabama. He won a big golf tournament. Well, he's from Alabama. His wife's from Alabama, and they're on the camera, and he reaches over, and what does he do? Takes his hand, and as they kiss, he smacks her on the butt. <laughs> well, that just lit the Internet up. You know, Oh, look at that. That's a, Well, it could be a crime. You know, that, that you make contact with someone in certain parts of their body for the purpose of sexual gratification, and it's a crime. Now, that doesn't, you know, that, that, that's not, that's, that's excluded in the Maryland, but, but, but the imposition of sexual intrusion or sexual intercourse by forcible compulsion is prosecutable in West Virginia. You can commit the offense of That's first right. or second degree sexual assault against a spouse. Yeah, so I think this is more about the touching, you know, Correct. the contact. contact. Right, the sexual contact, yeah. which could be sexual abuse in the first, second, or third degree. 
Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know where you fall on that. Uh, the the element always is the intent of the person, but how do you, how do you judge between folks who are married and who one of the parts of marriage is a con- conjugal relationship? Uh, a lot of the contact is specifically with the intent of sexual gratification or the initiation of sexual satisfaction purportedly for both parties, perhaps only for the one who initiates it. I mean, you can't go on an elevator and there's a stranger in front of you and just reach out and and give them the goose. I mean, that's a crime. <laughs> but uh, I'd be a little more on the conservative side on that one with the uh, legislators who said, hey, look, you're going to open a Pandora's box here. Now, you can't assault a spouse. You can't slap your husband or wife. That can, you know, there's no exclusion for that. You can't put your hands around your spouse's throat. You can't take them and shove them against the wall. You can't do, you know, commit just simply a battery or an assault. But I mean, a touching, which could be a battery, I mean, it could only be why that which was intended to to inflict death or bodily injury, in my estimation, and I. Which is what it is now. We should stick with that. All That's right. just my. That was my opinion when I read the article. We're making a tempest here in a teapot that doesn't need to exist. Period. Peyton Law Firm in Nitro. Well, the Peyton Law Firm in Nitro. Uh, you know, we have. I've handled a lot of homicide cases. Unfortunately, in my career they're quite taxing. But we do the defense of significant criminal matters, generally felonies or serious misdemeanors. There are other primary area of expertise is representing folks who have been injured in accidents. Actually, I owe Jerry a telephone call from from last week. I got some uh, things from him this week, and I'll be contacting him about an accident where folks are injured. It could be an auto accident. It could be a motorcycle accident uh, happening on the public highways. It may be if someone damages your property or inflicts damage financially, or you have a dispute with a bank or an insurance company, which is not uncommon regarding the existence or amount of coverage. And that, you know, that's our primary uh, area of expertise, and we're really good at it. So if you have or know someone who thinks they need a lawyer or may obviously need a lawyer because of an injury incurred in an accident uh, or a financial loss or a property loss as a result of some fortuitous event, I uh, can't tell you who to call. You know, we don't have a big TV budget. We don't fly around in airplanes. Or what was the guy who used to come in in a spaceship with William Shatner beside com, And we'll get back with you by email. Or you can have a call. Come in the office. I mean, I think the important thing is when you – I don't think. I know the important thing in hiring a lawyer is go in and talk to the lawyer. And don't feel like you're rushed. And you've got to have somebody that you trust and somebody with whom you're copacetic. That means you get along, and you get along with the lawyer, and the staff's responsive. And if you get in a relationship with the lawyer and you think, well, in my case, it's not getting the attention it deserves, and when I call in, nobody calls me back, well, fire them. Okay? Happens all the time. And depending upon the nature of your case, don't be afraid to ask, how much is this going to cost me? Right? Contingent fees are the rule, but contingent fees are based upon risk. It's not fair to the client to take a case where there's no real risk and maximize a contingent fee. And we talk about that with folks and adjust fees all the time. Now, those are a number of the things you need to think about you don't hear about on TV or, well, primarily television.
for in the jets or the spaceships. We have a nice office in Nitro, which is only about 20 minutes from downtown Charleston. It's really close to Taze Valley. And you can call here on the radio and talk to us once a week. If we don't make good on our promises to get back with you within a reasonable time, you can call the show and embarrass us, which we would deserve wholeheartedly. All right, Harvey. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Cheer for the okay. Mountaineers. Yeah. Ten and two at the first of the year. There we go. Harvey Payton of the Payton Law Firm in Nitro. ABC News is next, followed by 580 Live on 580 WCA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.